Broncos country. Welcome to the, another episode of Couch Potato Sports Denver Broncos edition. We're going to give it a few seconds to let Anthony join, but we have a special guest today. He's been on the pod before. It's Mr. Jimmy the Loop Sports himself. How you doing, Jimmy? I'm good, Zach. How you doing, man? Doing great. Anthony, you here? What is up, fellas? What is going on? So we have... <laughs> quite a bit of information to go through so there's been it's been about a couple weeks since we did the it's been about yep, two, two weeks. three weeks two weeks yep. and geez the, the <laughs> plethora of stuff that we have to talk about is uh, yeah you go down the list you have the ownership stuff the big day um you have 12 days of training camp to go through and the key takeaways from that um some gripes and moans about you know, the chatter I'm hearing coming out of training camp. And, you know, I think you might know what I'm alluding to, Anthony, but um, I'm sure. <laughs> but because uh, <laughs> we, we both listen to the same kind of radios on and off. So it's it's drastically different uh, what certain people say kind yeah. of thing. So, um, so yeah, we'll get into that. Um, get into a little bit of the injuries, you know, obviously we have the big injury with Tim Patrick. We'll get into that a little bit. So I'm looking forward to tonight, pot, tonight's pod. I've been uh, looking forward to it a while. You know, I've just been writing stuff down left and right. <laughs> just kind of, I've just had this piece of paper randomly write stuff on throughout the last two weeks. And I'm excited to get to it. But before we get into that, Anthony, how are you doing? I'm doing pretty good, man. Doing cool. good. Cool, cool. And then we have Jimmy with us. Um, big yeah, Broncos fan. Appreciate you guys having me back on. I'm, I'm super excited to chat with you guys. Oh, Absolutely. yeah, of course. The more Broncos fans, the better, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> uh, where do we start? So let's just let's just go into the key takeaways first, the training camp. So um, I'll, I'll list three of them. So I guess my number one key takeaway is that um, regardless of what you hear out there and the chatter that's going on, Russell Wilson has been good. This offense has been better than it has been the last five years. Yes, our defense has been doing really well, but that's just because we have a good defense, people. What is? I don't understand why that's so hard to understand that uh, this, the defense that we have is a good defense. We have solid players, up and down talent. You know, it's 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 probably a bitch going up, up against this defense against practice every day. Yeah. So, um, but the offense has been doing really well. You know, it's been, uh, I'd say it's been 60, 40 defense. That's my opinion on it. Like the defense has been winning. Sure. But the offense has been coming up with some clutch plays, you know, um, I do have a little bit of concerns with the offensive line after today, especially, <laughs> I don't know if you heard about that guys. Or I not, did. But, I, I think did. Russell Wilson got sacked five or six times a day. Sacked, yeah, quote, quote, quote. So it's been a uh, – hopefully it's nothing. Hopefully it's nothing to read into too much, but that we can definitely talk about. So number one key, key takeaway for me is that Russell Wilson has been Russell Wilson. He's been igniting this offense, and that's that's that. There's nothing to it. He hasn't been, quote, underwhelming this training camp as we all saw in the article recently. Um, 
from a, a very, very uh, well-known media member. Let in me Denver. just stop you real quick, Zach. <laughs> what's, what's going on? <laughs> We've said it on this podcast before. What's we'll, that? We'll say it. I'll say it until it changes. What's up? Anybody out there that listens to this, do not listen to 104.3 The Fan. Just don't <laughs> do it. <laughs> that was gonna be that was gonna be what I was alluding to, Anthony. I, I, but I, I love just, I love the aggression though. I love it's it. just ridiculous. I mean, <laughs> don't get me wrong. I had I had a, there was a lot of years I listened to them, and but they have gone drastically downhill in recent years. I mean, this we just had a Stanley Cup championship brought back to Colorado, and you wouldn't even know it if you listened to that station because all they talk about is the Broncos. And don't get me wrong, I'm a diehard Broncos fan above all else but in the middle of march when nothing is going on and they're still talking about broncos like we got other teams in this state it's like they're just so see they seem to be so uninformed it's all about clickbait it's all about ridiculous opinions and trying to stir up other media members in the city and state it's just just don't listen listen to 92.5 they're they're so much better listen to trusted podcasts like dnvr and this one and broncos country tonight like just find some good sources people and listen to them don't listen to 1043 they're ridiculous yes uh you you hit the nail on the head anthony and that's basically what i was alluding to is that uh i am hearing so much gut so when i'm at work i we have a radio from the months of let's see march march april until September, for some reason, we cannot get reception for 92.5. We cannot. <laughs> oh, God. It is an anomaly. It's just the rotation of the earth and all this stuff plays into this. <laughs> That's some conspiracy but, going on over yeah, there. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> From those months, we do not get 92.5. But October until February, we get 92.5 crystal clear. And so we're, you know, when I'm sitting at work and, you know, Unfortunately, a lot of the job I can't on me, so I have to listen to the radio. The only thing I can listen to for any type of Broncos news that I get reception of is 104.3. Because I still want to stay in the loop. I still want to know what's going on. And right. right. I, I have, I'm like you, Anthony. I listen to 104.3 for years. You know, I listen to Stokely and Zach By's uh, afternoon uh, show f- since they started. That's you know, how I was with Big yeah. Al and D-Mac, like yeah, religiously Big every night. Yeah, Man. all of those guys. Uh, but you, they were so much better back then. Yeah. It's, it's like when the Broncos became really bad, they became really bad. It's like the negativity controls, and they cannot help but see, be so skeptical on the Broncos all the time. And they'll call I it realistic. Of, I, I know. They call it realistic and stuff like that. And they have former NFL players and stuff like that that try to, you know, with their credibility, they try to push that narrative. But, you know, at the same time, I'm like, like, come on, guys. Like, yeah. this is clearly a different organization from the top to the bottom. It really is. And no doubt. You, you, you criticize Russell Wilson. You criticize Nathaniel Hackett. I can't tell you how sick i am of hearing we about haven't played a game Nath- yet yeah i can't tell you how sick i am about hearing uh 104.3 talk about oh they're not they're doing a jog through today they're not going to be ready they're not going to be ready to 
they're this generation's week, blah, 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 blah. Like, come on. Are you guys the head coach? Have any of you guys been a head coach before in the NFL? Do you, do you not think Nathaniel Hackett has been around the NFL? He's his, literally his he, entire life. He's, he's acquired these different leadership traits from different coaching staff, from Jacksonville, from Green Bay, and now Denver, from all these dad. places, from Buffalo, from his dad. No, he was on the football field as a kid. Yeah. He, he lives, breathes, sleeps, eats football. That's all he's done his entire life. And to be frank with, with you guys, I absolutely respect and adore Nathaniel, Nathaniel Hackett's leadership style. Because, yes, he's excitable. He's energetic. He's a player's coach in the good way. You know, he's friendly. He hangs out with the team. He's a family guy. All this stuff. But we saw it on Saturday when that fight, fought, uh, fight broke out between the two players. I can't remember the names but off the top of my head. But he kicked them both off the field. And then he brought them together and he said, you guys can't be doing this crap. This is not how you build a team. This is not the culture I'm bringing here. You guys, he said literally, I quote, hug it out. <laughs> hug it out. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, the funny it, part about that that fight was on, on Saturday, I didn't get the chance to really keep up with everything. I had a really long day at work. But someone told me while I was working that a fight broke out. And I went, was it Chubb and Bowles? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, not this time. Not this time. <laughs> it, it's coming. Believe though. it or not, it is coming though. Uh, Chubb actually absolutely wrecked Bulls today, so yeah. I'm sure Bulls is feeling some kind of way. But that's that's <laughs> the thing. It's like, um, the the Nathaniel Hackett is he's doing the strictly eleven on elevens, and I guess they did one on ones the other day for the first time. Whatever. But um, he's been doing 11-on-11s majority of the practices with like 15 to 20 minutes of initial OTAs to begin the practices just to get the players warmed up loosey-goosey. And I absolutely love that approach because it takes balls. It takes huge balls to do that because as a new head coach, a brand-new head coach in the NFL taking over this team that's been struggling, he knows right away that we need to get on the same page. And he's been pushing the system since OTAs. He has been quizzing. He's been doing trivia games with the team, which, by the way, Lloyd Cushenberry has been killing, by the way. I don't know if you guys heard about that, but Mm -mm. uh, just the system that he's trying to implement, he is just reps, 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 reps. And he doesn't care if you're in full pads or not. He wants the players to be intelligent with the system. He wants them to fully grasp it. And at the end of the day, ball players, guys, they've been – they understand – how violent the game is. They really do. Like <laughs> they do it for a profession. Um, they understand that they have to get not only mentally right, but physically right too. These players know that and injuries, they're inevitable, but you can prevent majority of injuries coming onto a team. And I think Nathaniel Hackett's approach to this is very good. It's not like they're, you know, they're going after each other on the days that they're in the trenches and they're in full pads and all that stuff. But I absolutely love the, the approach of, hey, we're going to go 100% this day or 95 or whatever. Then the next day we're going to tone it down, go 60%. We're going to go over the system. We're going to make sure everyone's on the same page. We're not out there just trying to kill each other. And we're going to rest our bodies a little bit because um, I feel – and we're going to go down a rabbit hole with this generational thing because um, – <laughs> I, I, I believe there's, the, there's this older generation mindset of football or anything else that goes on in life. It's hard nose, suck it up. 
If you're hurt, play through it. You know, doesn't matter. If you don't play through it, you're weak. You shouldn't even be on the team. All of this stuff. With this younger coaching staff, they're bringing a new approach to the game. And I, frankly, I think this approach to the game will help and benefit a lot of players, not only mentally but physically as well. Because the human body, yet strong, can be very fragile. And we saw it with Tim Patrick. You know, that man works harder than most of the players on the Denver Broncos. And it wasn't even a collision hit that happened. He was turning up field and his knee buckled. It was just an anomaly. And, you know, that's just something that happens. It just, it just happens. But um, I love what Nathaniel Hackett is doing. I 100% support it. And I truly think this team is, as much as we practice – you know, getting on the same page right now, it's going to pay off in dividends when we're in the season. You know, we're not going to have to spend half the season trying to get on the same page with each other. It's still going to take a couple games. Don't get me wrong. I'm not ignorant. I know this. I know when you actually play a game versus practice is different. So it's going to take a couple games. But thank goodness we have a favorable schedule to start the year. Yeah, that's what that's I'm about awesome. To say. We have a very favorable schedule to start the year. We have the Seahawks, Texans, 49ers, uh, Raiders. And then Colts, and then we go into the bye after the Jaguars and the Jets. I couldn't have asked for a better start to the schedule. You know, last year was a pretty squishy schedule, but this year is is fairly squishy is in my mind as well as far as strength of schedule. So yeah, so that was my second key takeaway, and we kind of that was my heated one uh, for sure. And Anthony just lit that spark in me and I'm just like, okay, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. We're doing it. So, um, and then number three is really just the fan turnout. I love it. Broncos country has always been, uh, strong and United, you know, we've been selling out games since the seventies and, um, granted the last few years have been rough Broncos country. It's been frustrating, but we still showed out. We showed out in a big way. You know, I think, one of the practices, we had 8,000 people there yeah, sitting the on the berm. At, the most at any practice ever. Yeah. yeah, crazy. I love it. Broncos country, that's awesome. Let's Keep ride. coming together. Let's ride. Yeah. <laughs> but, all right, so whoever wants to go next, what are your key takeaways? Yeah, I think just to piggyback off of what you were saying, Zach, about how the defense has been wrecking the offense based on who you're getting your information from, this literally happens in almost every single training camp for every team, especially when you have a new quarterback and a new offensive system you're running. People seem to forget that the Broncos are running the same, almost the exact same style of defense they have for the last four years, ever since three, four years, ever since Fangio's was in Denver. Yeah. I mean, Coach Evero runs a very similar system. And there's not much turnover in terms of the starters on the defensive side of the ball, like very little. And when it comes to the offense, from everything I've been seeing is that the last like four days, things are starting to click a little more and they're starting to, you know, make a little bit more plays and get the upper hand on the defense. But it's early in training. I mean, we just got to August. You know, we just got to August and people seem to forget that when Peyton was here his first year, it took until midway through the season before this offense started gelling and Peyton started looking like the Peyton of old. I mean, people just need to settle down with this narrative that Russ is looking underwhelming. And I mean, we know where it's coming from as we discussed earlier. Clickbait. Uh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, just turn on the, 
turn on the highlight clips that you see all over social media. The receivers are making plays. I mean, every day you're seeing not and not just not just Sutton and not just Judy. You're getting plays from Montreal Washington. You're getting plays from the tight ends. You're getting plays from Tyreek. I mean, everybody is making plays at some point. The running backs look great. I mean, yeah, the offensive line, based on what we heard today, it wasn't too hot. But it's not like we got a bunch of slapdicks on the defensive line and linebackers out there playing. I mean, these are guys that are really, really good. Yeah, Baron Browning has been absolutely wrecking. He has been killing it. He has been killing it. Chubb is on a mission again. Like, I think people just need to settle down with this narrative that the offense is going to is struggling and Russ looks bad and they're learning the offense right now. The defense didn't need to learn anything. The defense is out there playing. The offense is learning and it's only going to make them better when they get to play the Seahawks week one. Come on. (laughs) Uh, uh, Yeah. Quick thing uh, before we get to you, Jimmy, um, uh, when that article came out, you know, I'm a part of these AFC West trash talking pages. I think you are too, Anthony. Yeah. Um, but, um, gosh, man, just, I've seen that article copied and pasted everywhere on there talking about, oh yeah, I told you so last in the division, last in the division, here we come, which I mean, I know they're just trolling, but when I see the author printed on there and every single copy and paste, I got fed up with it. I finally said, hey, I know we're all joking, but if you guys see anything from this author, that is not 100% not credible here in the state of in the city of Denver. So just FYI. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> don't claim him. <laughs> no, no. I mean, he can't even – He's what has he been blacklisted from, like, majority of the media agencies here? Like, he just, exactly. he just doesn't have a good reputation. The only one to blame is his, is himself. You know, he just it's just a personality thing, and it it doesn't really vibe well with a lot of people. And, and on top of that, he just doesn't produce. Um, but yeah. Anyways, uh, did you have more takeaways, Anthony? Um, I think one of the big ones for me is that, like I kind of mentioned earlier, how Sutton's been making a lot of plays. Like he looks unbelievable. Yeah. 100%. Unbelievable. He like literally every day I get on social media, there's a clip of him mossing every cornerback. But the big <laughs> takeaway is he's not mossing every one of them because right. he is not having much success against Passer Tan. This dude is understandable for real. Like, that we knew it's been incredible. Yeah, we knew it. We knew it, but like, this dude is next level. And I know we talked about it when he was drafted, Zach, and I, I liked him as a player. I was skeptical of the pick at the time. Zero yes, skepticism. Zero skepticism. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't dislike him at all. I no, he was a no. Good but you, you wanted Fields, right? That's what I, that well, was not the necessarily. Thing. I wanted a quarterback, wanted, right? It, no, you're gonna make me sound bad. No, no. I, no it was a different time. It was a it, different. It time. It was a different time. I just wanted. My whole thing at the time was, if it, I don't, it's been so long. Well, well speak in the terms of we were being drug around the mud with the Aaron Rodgers thing for the past that, year and a half, right, right. and Russell Wilson wasn't even a. We didn't even think that was a possibility. That was just a daydream you and I both yeah. had that we didn't think it would ever happen. But you know, like in 
talk it just brought up the conversation of elite quarterbacks possibly coming to Denver to take over and Aaron Rodgers was the initiator on that so but it was yeah. a time like well, when uh it was just a time where we were just quarterbackless and we were yeah. miserable as a fan and base I, you know I think the biggest thing was that I think I remember saying like they he, George Payton just better not be wrong like if he passed up Fields and Fields goes to Chicago and becomes you know what lives up to his potential because I think he does have a lot of potential. I mean, which he still the, has time to prove, right? But if he was going to be wrong with that pick, like that was, and at the time, George Payton, that was his first draft, so we didn't know what right. we were getting ourselves into. So I was just skeptical at the time. Of but course, back backtracking, this dude is nuts. He's a top ten corner already in this league. He has potential to be a top three, probably maybe the best. And oh, yeah. I, don't, I don't know if you guys saw. Um, he was on like a podcast or something, I think last week. I think it was with his dad, actually. And it might not have been his dad. It was another uh, former corner in the NFL. And he was talking to PS2 on the podcast and said, I, before you came on today, I called Champ Bailey and just asked him what he thought about was you. Was it Richard Sherman? It wasn't Sherman. He might have been on the podcast. I just saw a clip. It was just uh, okay. Sertan and... I, I can picture his face. I can't. I know he was a former corner. I don't remember his name, but right. he w- said that he talked to Champ about him and what asked Champ what he thought. And he said, after seeing him his first season and what he's been doing at camp, this kid, if he stays on this trajectory, is going in the Hall of Fame. And that's all we need to hear about Sertan. Like, that is how he's been performing. That's how he performed last year as a rookie. That's almost, I mean, they didn't make much move they didn't make any really move besides drafting Damari Mathis in the draft this year like they didn't go out and get another corner in free agency they didn't they let Kyle Fuller walk like because they have so much thank goodness so much yeah so much confidence in this dude so much confidence in the dude and I just like literally every day it's been Sutton highlights it's been just praise for Sutton and Sertan like every single day and Mm -hmm. that's good because those are our young guys that's our future so it's good to hear yeah, that is awesome. Uh, Jimmy, what are you thinking? Uh, you guys hit the nail on the head on everything. Um, you know, my big, my biggest three, like, question marks, I guess you could say, heading into training camp, um, they were not necessarily answered, but, you know, my nerves were definitely calmed on them. And like I said, you guys hit them on the nail. You know, it was, you know, who was going to step up as that true number one wide receiver? And, you know, I, I think we've all seen that Cortland Sutton looks like the guy we saw in 2019. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and he, he's going to be that number one guy. Uh, and then the pass rush group, you know, was the second one for me. And, you know, Malik Reed, uh, Baron Browning, uh, Nick Benito, all, you know, Brett Chubb have all looked phenomenal, you know, throughout training camp. And, you know, it's really you know, calmed my nerves. And I can't wait to see what that group looks like with Randy Gregory as well once exactly. you know, he comes back on the field. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, that's besides PS2 and – Cortland Sutton it's been uh it's been the Baron Browning show that I've been hearing left and right and that is just so great to hear because remember Anthony we had uh Benjamin Albright on the podcast and we asked him about the team moving because this is just came out the news about the Broncos moving him to a pass rushing mm-hmm. uh kind of role and you know Ben really laid it out and that was like his strong suit and all that stuff and it's been it's been showing man like Baron Browning is 
I uh, we we were high on Barry Browning last year, Anthony, when he played towards the end of the season. Like mm-hmm. it's like, oh, we finally have a linebacker that can Travis that can fucking cover Travis Kelsey, you know? Yep. yep um, right. You know, and and we were upset when we heard the news that they were moving him back to like a permanent pass rush role. Yeah, like, but, I know I was. But I was Ben, like, what yeah, the hell? but Ben like alleviated that. He said that he wasn't going to be a strictly. He wasn't going to be a tr- like a strict pass rusher like Von Miller. He was just going to be like a Micah Parsons kind of thing, right? Which is which is awesome, and he's been he's been killing it in training camp. And yeah, I've been hearing a lot of good great things about Malik Reed too. You know, Malik mm-hmm. Reed's always been a a work dog. Like he's yeah. been he's like a Tim Patrick in a kind of way. He just works super hard. You know, people have counted him out throughout the years, and he's always been proven people left and right that he can hang with the NFL players around the league and stuff. So I love He's hearing that. Extremely consistent. Um, and uh, go ahead, Jimmy. Oh, and I was just going to say that the third thing that I, I was, you know, worried, not worried about, but was on my mind before training camp was, was the coaching staff. And Zach, you, you, you said it perfectly. You know, I, I'm, I'm fully in on, on the coaching staff too. Yeah, man. Like this coaching staff is just, I, it's funny. Cause, uh, a while ago, Anthony and I, uh, we talked about initial impressions of head coaches when they came to the team. We both recalled our initial impressions when they did the initial press conferences with Vance Joseph, Vic Fangio, and we did that in the podcast, and this was before Nathaniel Hackett had his initial press conference. Remember that, Anthony? I do. And we talked about how, at least for me initially, I knew right away that these guys, there was, I don't know, call it, <laughs> it's like that funny trend. I'm an empath. I know everything. Uh, <laughs> it's like you, uh, uh, but you just have a feeling with a person. It's like that whole first impression kind of thing. And yeah. I just wasn't feeling it with Vance Joseph and Vic Fangio. You know, I had, I went forth and I hoped for the best and I had these fake hope, uh, hopes and fake all of these things just to force the emotion to we're finally out of that whole Broncos country. But I knew in the back of my head that these guys, just the way they talked, the way they interacted with the media, all this stuff, you know, and I know a lot of head coaches, you know, besides Bill Belichick really just, Oh, this, this, and that, this, this, and that, this, this, and that, you know, it's just like, seems like it's the same. And Nathaniel Hackett does a little bit of that, but that's just the head coaching talk. Um, yeah. But when Nathaniel Hackett had that initial press conference, I had chills. The hairs on the back of my neck stuck up. And I'm oh, not, I'm not bullshitting you guys. Uh, I remember texting you, Anthony, and mm-hmm. we both were hyped after that. We both wanted to run through a brick wall because of the way he was, the charisma, the energy, how he wanted to bring a different approach, a younger approach to this team with a super young team, you know, you know, minus Russell Wilson, like this is a very young team and Brandon McManus too, but, (laughs) but, uh, (laughs) uh, forever. Exactly. But, uh, you know, like he's bringing a younger mentality to a younger group of people and he's, He's every he's everyone's daddy, you know, and in, in a good way, you know. He's yeah. just he's he looks out for his players. He really truly cares about his players. He live lives, breathes, and eats and drinks and all that stuff. Like I said earlier, football. He is just 
100% invested emotionally, physically, spiritually, mentally invested. And what more could you want out of a head coach? And I know like people make fun of him, and like, I've been seeing a lot of stuff, you know, like, ha ha ha. He's so funny. Like, Oh, just kidding. Kind of thing, you know, but after that, you know, after that Saturday fight, like we saw a different side of Nathaniel Hackett and it was awesome. He can flip a switch. He really can. And I don't, I don't know if you've seen the videos of him and during practice and stuff, he's out there running with the team. He's out there. White white lightning. Yeah. He's out there. He's like, (laughs) he's like, Hey, take the single, hit that angle, man. Come on, let's do it. Hit the angle. You know what I'm talking about? He's out there and he's demanding. He's, he's commanding out there. It's awesome. I love it. And I think Russell Wilson already has a ton of respect for him. And, and that's, that's awesome. Go ahead. Sorry. No, yeah, I was finishing. You're good. Yeah. I mean, I know we haven't played any games yet, but so far through this off season and training camp, like he's been the perfect head coach for this group of players and in the situation that the Broncos were in with a lot of turnover, obviously, and a really young staff, young staff and well now staff but young players like you just said he has two sides of him he can be fun and charismatic and you know have a good time and then flip a switch and get serious and I think a lot of these young players really respect that and I think they relate more to that than how Vic Fangio was because I mean it did not sound like the players liked Vic no no he was a huge dick yeah so I think it's just like especially for the players that were here, you know, during the Vic Fangio years. And just to see the difference, I'm sure it gives them confidence and just bolsters their spirit, makes them want to show up to work even more. So, and that's what, that's what, that's what you want. And then you throw a future Hall of Fame quarterback on top of it. And who doesn't want to go to training camp and who doesn't want to practice and compete and try to be better. Right. Uh it's been, it's been, and I, I totally agree with you, Anthony. I know it's only August and stuff, but yeah, I like what I see so far, and yeah. I think it's going to translate. I'm confident in saying it's going to translate well, uh, and we're really going to see a little bit of it on Saturday when they play the Cowboys at seven. Um, I think the starters are going to play. I think we'll see a little bit of rust. That's what I'm hearing. Um, maybe a drive. You can see a drive with uh, Russ out there, but. Um, well, didn't last year – I know it was different because of the, you know, quarterback battle, whatever. Um, didn't we see, like, a quarter and then a half and then nothing as far as, like, one, two, and three for the games? Well, that – yeah, that was because of the quarterback battle. Typically, when you have your starter and he's, like, right. someone like Russell Wilson, he's just going to play a drive. You know, yeah. he's just going to go out there, one drive with the offense, see how it flows, all that stuff. Like right. All that stuff, and then he'll be done because they don't want to risk anything, man. Like right. you know, that's the last thing. It's not worth it. No, exactly. So I could definitely see him going out there, uh, first team, doing one drive, and then that's it. You know, kind of thing. So it'll just leave we'll... us wanting more. Exactly. I was surprised to see the Raiders play some of their starters in the Hall of Fame game. Oh yeah, you saw. Uh, was that Josh uh, Jacobs played Josh Jacobs a lot of the first quarter? Was it Leatherwood? Yeah. Is that his name? The offensive Yeah, he lineman? was playing out of tackle from Alabama. Yeah. Then, uh, McDaniels will do McDaniels things. Yeah. I know. Like the Chargers are going to Charger. McDaniels is going to McDaniel. Okay? Yeah, I like, can't wait. I cannot one day wait he's going to gonna lose that. his. He's going to lose his freaking mind one day, and then he's going to yeah. be like that one Broncos game where he's just cursing everyone out and stuff. I, like, I, did, <laughs> you, did you already see the clip of him at training camp doing that? Oh yeah, because somebody touched Derek Carr. 
Yep. Hey, death taxes and McDaniel's doing McDaniel's things. Yep. <laughs> I can't Seriously. wait for it. I'm here for all that stuff. Um, Me for too. sure. Um, so, uh, so yeah, those are the big takeaways from training camp. You know, uh, like you mentioned earlier, Anthony, the tight ends have been, you know, stepping up and stuff. Dolchich, uh, he's been dealing with a hammy, but he's been out there as of recent and been producing and doing fairly well. Um, uh, Tim Patrick, we got to get into that a little bit. What a – this is the third year in a row we lost a key wide receiver on this uh, on this team. And yeah. Tim Patrick hurts the most for me. And because Tim Patrick has hands down been our most reliable receiver. I'm not going to say he's been our best receiver uh, because I think Cortland Sutton is the most talented. You know, Well, Jerry Judy's the most talented, but – uh, we know how that's going right now, but um, <coughs> Portland Sutton has been the best one in my opinion. Pat Tim Patrick has been the most reliable, and yeah, it would it would have been absolutely great to see the two wide receiver set with Tim Patrick, Cortland Sutton, the two tight ends, and the running back Javante Williams out there. That would have been that would have been our our seventy five percent of the time offensive scheme, and you know that's typical with the West Coast offense and. That would have been great because Tim Patrick and Cortland Sutton are similar wide receivers. You know, they're both tall, 50-50 catch kind of wide receivers. Yeah. And that would have been awesome. And then you have Jerry Judy coming in the slot every so often, along with K.J. Hamler. Cortland Sutton's a 70-30 guy, let's be honest. Yeah. Oh, yeah. As (laughs) as of recent, Jesus. Um, But devastating blow, it it hurt me. It hurt my heart for sure because – we all know, we've all read into Tim Patrick, you know his story, and that man is a workhorse. I feel like out of all the wide receivers, too, Russell Wilson and Tim Patrick had the best chemistry thus far uh, leading up to it. I know Russell Wilson and Cortland Sutton have been getting in tune uh, this training camp, but it just seemed like Tim Patrick and Russell Wilson had a very special connection, and it's a shame that we're not going to see Tim Patrick go out there and play this year with him. Um, yeah. truly disappointing. Well, it just sucks too, because, you know, with a guy like Tim Patrick, who's really worked his ass off to get where he is and finally got a good payday. What's happy for him that he got yeah, his payday before goodness. this, yeah. before this injury happened. But, you know, just, I was trying to like, you know, almost like put myself in his shoes and like, you've busted your ass, you know, you've made a really good career when you weren't, you really weren't supposed to like nobody expected Tim Patrick to become right. what he is. And you finally like you catch your big break. And I kept thinking about that clip of when Russ first came to the facility and Tim Patrick stops him in the hallway and they're dapping each other up. And you can just see how excited Tim Patrick is to be catching uh-huh. passes from this man. And then it gets taken away. So that was definitely like the hardest part for me is just thinking he's about to have a, He's already like every year he's been with the Broncos, he's had a better year than the previous one. And he's about to have a career year with a great quarterback and a, in a good offensive system. And then just to have that happen. But you knew, I mean, as, as unfortunate and sad as it is, like you knew something was going to happen. The football like, gods wanted their sacrifice. And it's exactly. And it's like, I kept thinking like every day, like, okay, you know, an ACL is going or something mm. like there's going to be something in camp there is every year and it's just unfortunate that it was tim patrick yeah i i agree you know and the thing with tim patrick is you know he's more than just that consistent receiver on the field you know 
he he's, was he's so instrumental to not to the wide receiver room to the team. You know, he's such a he's such a leader on the team. You know, and I think that's that's going to hurt as well. Um, but I, I am really happy he got that deal. So I mean, we're, we're going to have to see someone you know really step up and you know who's going to fill in that void. <coughs> Jerry Judy, R- right? <laughs> well, did you guys? I don't know if you'd seen the kind of rumor that broke today about the. Broncos possibly possibly being interested in trading for Jalen Rager I with the Eagles. That. I saw that about saw a that. few hours ago. Yeah, and I almost look at it like, do they really need to go get you know go get another guy? Because I don't think they do personally. But it wouldn't hurt. I mean, Jalen Rager. He was if you first, can if you can get a, a steal for him, but but yeah, they said you know it's it's. I mean, he was in, in that rookie class in the 2020 rookie class with Jerry Judy, that super stacked wide receiver class, and. I mean, he got – I think he got taken uh, – no, he got – I think – I can't remember if he got taken before or after CeeDee Lamb, but, you know, he got taken before KJ Hamler and Michael Pittman, a couple – He was late you know, first, I believe. Yeah, late first-round guy, and he has a lot of talent, and it just – things have not clicked for him in Philadelphia, and especially now with the receivers they do have in that room over in Philly. Like, there's probably not much room for him. So if they could right. throw a sixth or a seventh-round pick at – Eh, yeah, they can get him. Why not? Because I mean, why the not? Guy's, the guy's got talent, but I just look at it like he's one of those burner style guys. You know, he's a maybe a change of scenery is what he needs. Right, no. right, yeah. Right. He's but he, to me, he's one of those field stretching guys. He's not really a possession or go up and attack the ball type of guy. And I look at it like we have that in KJ Hamler. We have right. that, and then the emergence of Montreal Washington. Like everybody yeah. thought he was going to come in and oh, cool, we got a. A returner, finally, like a good returner, and we we talked about it on the draft uh, on the draft podcast. Like, oh, sweet, we got a we got a really good returner, and he has been much more than that in yeah. training camp thus far. Like, he's going to make this team obviously as a returner, and he's going to probably get some meaningful snaps playing receiver too. Mm-hmm. So I just don't see the need for that, but I think we have in house what it takes to not replace Tim Patrick, but just kind of fill that void and make it not hurt so much. Well, I don't right. know if you. Oh, go ahead, Jimmy. Uh, I was just going to say, you know, K.J. Hamler is the you know, guy that's definitely going to be in play for that wide receiver three spot. You know, and Montreal Williams – or Washington, sorry. <laughs> um, he's got a deep ball, deep bomb from Russell Wilson pretty much every single practice this, this offseason. Mm-hmm. You know, their, their connection has been incredible. But I wanted to – you know, if we're going to go out and get someone, though, um, you know, Jalen Regler, if we're going to give up a late-round draft pick, you know, why not? But I feel like – Oh, oh! I think we just lost Jimmy for a little bit. Yeah, I, I keep letting my screen time oh, out. There you go. <laughs> my bad. My bad. Um, I was I was saying though, if, I think if we're gonna go get someone this off season, I, I feel like we should go get a veteran guy that can kind of show some of these young guys the way. You know, just within the league. You know, not even necessarily on the field stuff, but you know, off the field. Um, you know, a couple notable guys I wanted to throw at you. See what you guys thought. You know, there's OBJ, Cole Beasley, Emmanuel Sanders, T. Sanders, T.Y. Hilton, you know, a couple really big names that are still out there that have you know, been pretty successful in this league that, that could probably be very instrumental to a, a young guy's career. Yeah, and, you know, I had a feeling OBJ was going to be brought up uh, at some point in this podcast. Um, I don't know if you guys seen the Instagram Von Miller's been posting, but it's, yeah, he's, he's really trying to recruit him over to Buffalo, and it sounds like OBJ really wants to go to Buffalo. 
I don't know if they can make that happen. I don't even know how much OBJ would be asking for. Um, right. I With OBJ the way he is, I'm assuming he's going to want, like, you know, a one- or two-year contract, maybe seven to eight mil a year. Is that what you guys are thinking, too? Like, maybe Sounds a little bit right. more? Like, it's OBJ yeah. we're talking about, like, and don't forget, like during the Super Bowl, OBJ was having a Super Bowl MVP kind of <laughs> play. Yeah, no. He's he's a great player. Like, oh yeah, on the field, the dude. I mean, there was it wasn't long ago where like people were saying like like his, after his rookie season, like he was the dude like, in, yeah. in mm-hmm. the NFL. And for me, like I don't think his personality is what this team needs. Right, like, him right. going to LA was perfect. Like it was set up f- perfectly for him. He didn't, he wasn't the focal point of the offense. He he already had. There's already a lot of characters on that team. Veterans, head, yeah, young head coach that probably let him get away with a little more. But I just think like, who knows what this Bronco team? We you know we all expect them to be really good and to you know make a playoff push if not more. But he's one of those guys that things go wrong or he doesn't get the ball when he thinks yeah. he needs it. It's just right. too much problems. And he's probably not going to play for at least half the season. I and mean, he tore his yeah. ACL in the Super Bowl. I mean, he, there's a chance he doesn't even see the field at all this year. Yeah. So I, I don't, I wouldn't go down the OBJ path well, at all. And, and I'd heard that that wasn't even, that option wasn't even on the table. Yeah. Yeah, it, absolutely. It, 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 this is, this is the way I view the Broncos right now. I feel like the Broncos are better off building a great foundation of players that they drafted, players that they've developed on their own, develop that good baseline. And then when that Super Bowl window truly opens, that's when you start adding these veteran players. Mm -hmm. That's when you start throwing, sprinkling in like the OBJs or you start sprinkling in like, you know, like recently, the Roquan Smiths. You know, like that could mm-hmm. pass. That's crazy. That the, that's a that the Bears are messing around with him. Uh, that is, I mean, insane. bad franchises will stay bad. Franchises. Oh my gosh! But exactly, you do not let a player like that go. Uh, hey, then, who else are you paying on that team? Like, give me a break. I know, like he's, he's he's the leader of your defense, so I don't understand what the issue is. But anyways, uh, I feel like the Broncos, like right now, she, they should just focus on getting familiar with the system. Uh, this year is really about learning each other. I, I still expect the Broncos to be a 10-win team with the ceiling of 12 wins. That's mm-hmm. how I expect this team to, to perform this year. Um, but do I think they're going to win a Super Bowl? No. Do I think they could? You know, I, I'm still up in the air about winning the division. I don't see it happening. I still think it's the Chiefs division to lose, even though they did get worse. Um, but... I I think this year is solely focusing on building that solid foundation of players, and then the next year, for the next five years, is when you start sprinkling in players to fill gaps to go after the Super Bowl. Yeah, I think that's when that's when you start chasing the ring and you start, you know, paying paying some dough for these uh, veteran players that can come in and help your team immediately. So. Uh, not yeah. not to completely disagree with you because I mean OBJ coming to the team would obviously bolster this wide receiver group like It'd but like he's, he he wouldn't play right. all year like Anthony no Sides, no I, I agree, I agree with, with you um, I agree um, with you guys I'll just throw those was, names out there no no that's that's completely relevant man and I appreciate it it's 
I the one that intrigued me the most was honestly Emmanuel Sanders. Could you imagine Emmanuel Sanders coming I mean, back? You can get him for a year, maybe three or four million, and then you bring him back to the Denver Broncos, who he won a championship with. The only thing I'd be worried about is the chemistry between him and Cortland Sutton because I know they used to get in a lot of fights back in the day because Emmanuel Sanders had that Peyton Manning mentality and he yelled at Cortland Sutton one time in training camp for not running back to the huddle. (laughs) (laughs) And they were both in their face yelling. (laughs) Yeah, because ultimately, man, the way I I see it as far as this receiver group goes, you know, a guy like Russell Wilson, he's going to find one of those young guys like Montreal Washington, K.J. Hamler, um, Seth Williams, you know, wh- whoever, he'll find one of those guys and, you know, help them along in, in early in their career. You know, the caliber guy he is, that's, that's just what they do. You know, Thanks, and yeah. I, I agree with you guys. You know, next year's really – or next offseason is really the year when you start, you know, paying those guys to, to fill those little gaps that you need to go, go make that final push for the Super Bowl. And it's it's not like George Payton didn't go out and get veteran players. He got the right. uh, – why can't I think of his name from the Eagles? The Eagles leading tackler last year. Uh, Singleton. Singleton. Singleton, yeah. You know, we went That's out and got guy. him. You got, obviously, we got Russell Wilson. That's the biggest elephant in the room as mm-hmm. far as going out and getting a veteran player. But it's different for the quarterback position for sure. Um, 100% different. Um, but – and then you got DJ Jones. You know, you have – you know, just up and down. Like George Payton went out and filled some gaps immediately. Mario Mathis know. might be the steal of the draft. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, like uh, so. It's not like he's not doing anything. And you know, we we're gonna have we're gonna get another off season of a George Payton draft. You know, and you know George Payton like this man is very methodical and he thinks five years in the future. <laughs> he's I think he's just a football genius all around. I'm convinced. Uh, but you know he has some stuff up his sleeve to gain more draft picks for the next offseason. And oh yeah. And when it happens, it's gonna be like, wow, I didn't I can't believe I didn't think of it. It's wizardry. You know, it's just uh, absolutely amazing what this man can do and how he can swindle his way with more draft picks. You know, it's it's actually quite impressive, if I'm being honest with you, uh, what George Payton can do. So we're gonna we have the uh the privilege of watching George Payton do another draft and then you know, then you see where the team's at from there and like, okay, what holes do we still have left? And, you know, how did we do last year? Did we win 10 games or did we win 12 games? You know, kind of thing. And those are all mm-hmm. deciding factors for sure because the difference of two games is huge. You know, like obviously if you're 12 and 5 this year, you're a Super Bowl contender. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you're, you're, gonna, you're expected to make it far into the playoffs if you're a 12 and 5 team. Um but uh, you, you, if you're looking at like a ten and seven season, it's like okay, like we improved drastically, and Broncos country is going to go absolutely wild if we go ten That's and seven. A success, you know, That's like a successful season um, for sure, hundred percent. And uh, you know, it's just, and then we get we were able to snag a wild card from there, and then uh, we end up losing. We we win the wild card, but we lose in the divisional round, kind of thing. That's how I see the season realistically playing out. Um, and then from there, you, you get a draft class with George Payton, and then you really see where this team's at. Like, what veterans can we bring in to bring this team to a 12-13 win football team? Well, and um, we've got cash to do it. Yeah, exactly. You know, we got the <laughs> richest owner in the entire NFL by far. By um, a mile. <laughs> and if you don't think under-the-table stuff happens, you're wrong. <laughs> okay? 
Yeah. Uh, this whole tampering thing that came out with the Dolphins, they just got caught. Okay, they just got right. caught. <laughs> it happens everywhere, folks. Newsflash. <laughs> but uh, but Welcome yeah, to reality. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, um, gosh, what else was I going to get into? So we we went over pretty much majority of the training camp. Obviously, the Cowboys are coming in. On Thursday, we're gonna get a good practice session. It's gonna be fun. Is it? It's a team. It's a two-team practice on Thursday, right? And then on Friday, it's separate practices, correct? Because they're gonna game plan quote against each other. Yeah, and then Saturday so. is the game, right? Yeah, yeah that's how it's correct. gonna work. So I'm really, I'm really excited to hear what comes out of Thursday. Um, uh, curious to see if there's any fights um, from there, but hopefully, hopefully, we're just a. Oh, you know, if it's a fight, it's because we're defending our players and stuff like that. And we, we show some discipline and we're not out there initiating fights and stuff like that. You know, let the trash be trash. You know what I mean? That's not going to lie. Saying. I wish Randy Gregory was out there. I know, right? That would be uh, <laughs> that would be something else for sure. Um, but uh, I'm excited for that. I'm excited to see them boys come into town and, you know, see, see how we do against a different team. You know, uh, arguably uh, – uh, <clears throat> that's going to be one of the better teams in the NFL, you know, like we're excited to see how they go against them. I hope, uh, Cortland Sutton mosses Trayvon Diggs all day. He's, yeah. he's, not, he's not going to have to, cause he'll be five yards. <laughs> I know. Right. And, so, yeah. <laughs> so, and then we'll see Javante Williams absolutely pancake Micah Parkson. So how about that? that? That'd be, that'd be great. I know. Right. That's something we could touch on a little bit. Something that we haven't yet is the, kind of the running back usage and what's been coming out of camp yeah. it, in terms of the Javante and Melvin splits. and What are your I thoughts? Feel, <clears throat> man, I think we've had this conversation a few times, and I know we all want to see Javante just get let loose and just get 300 carries this year. And it's just not going to happen, which sucks. But you can't complain because he's going to be seeding carries to Melvin Gordon, who's – been our best offensive player over the last two years, without a doubt, in my mind. Absolutely. And I mean, I they say it's going to be like a fifty-fifty type of timeshare, and no, uh, Justin Otten came out and said that they're both going to be on pitch counts, and I just hope they like it's... feed feed the feed the hot hand. Like if you have Javante coming out and popping off five yards of carry, like. Just keep feeding him, and, and yeah. But I'll say this: Melvin Gordon is definitely a better pass catcher than Javante. Exactly. And, but it's, I just want to see Javante get let loose. And I've said it before: I got him in two fantasy leagues. Like, let this man score me some points. Right. Let him score me saying. some points. Mark my words, Anthony. <laughs> I understand your frustration. I give it till week four until we start seeing. Javante Williams, first, second down back, and then Melvin Gordon really uh, getting into that third down back role. Because there's no, so, there's no, there's I don't no think way. So. Because as soon as you start feeding Javante the ball and he is just plowing through people and he's getting you those yards, they already have no option but, but to make him a first and second down back. I don't I've, care how Melvin Gordon feels. That's it's just, not a, I don't think it's about how Melvin Gordon feels. I mean, we, I've, I know I've mentioned this stat before, like, he Javante through last year got stuffed at the line for a zero a zero yard gain or tackled in the backfield at a way higher rate than Melvin Gordon. 
way higher. Yeah, but that's last and, year. <clears throat> I know, I know. And I know Javante has room to grow, and Melvin is the running back that, you know, he's not going to necessarily improve. Like, And it's not a bad He's already hit his he, prime. Yeah, so. he's, a, he's a damn good running back. And if he was the only, you know, the man on this team, I think we'd still be in good shape. But, you know, it's just one of those things that you want to see – we we traded up for this guy. We traded up for Javante in the second round. You know, George Payton saw something in him. So just let the just let the man f- go free and just go wreck some people because everybody wants to see it. I just don't. I don't think Melvin Gordon. No matter how good Javante is, I don't think Melvin Gordon is going to be bad enough to keep him off the field. No, I don't think so either. I think Melvin and, Gordon will really be that third down back, in my opinion. I don't the think way I see it. The way I see it playing now is, you know, a lot like how we've seen Green Bay play out last year, you know, where you had Aaron Jones, who was primarily the receiving back, but also received some carries. And um, Quadzilla, totally blanking on his his actual name right now. A.J. Dillon. A.J. Dillon, there it is. Received the majority of the rushes, but also received some passing. Um, You know, where A.J. Dillon led the team in rushing and Aaron Jones – by far had the most rec- receiving yards out of the running backs. Um, I-, I could really see it playing out like that, but I mean, I'm, I'm excited to find out because they're both extremely talented, talented running backs. And you, know, you really can't miss with, with whichever one you have on the field. And I agree with you guys. I think you need to feed the beast, feed the hot hand, whoever, whoever's busting off five yard gains, just let them keep going. Anthony, it is almost that time of the year. It is my favorite time of the year. It is pumpkin cream cold brew season. So I want to make a bet with you right now. All right. By week like four. This. By week four. Excuse me. And Jimmy is here to witness this. By week I four. I kind of want in on this. Okay, Jimmy, you pick a side. Um, if Javante Williams is not the primary back by week five, so I'm saying it's going to take four weeks. By yeah. week five, and he's the first and second down back, I owe you a pumpkin cream cold brew. Okay, we got we got to set some parameters. So, like, what's like we, we got to? I guess we got to talk. So like, it's just timeshare, like, right? It's like by by week five, like the timeshare between like so it, it's how they're be, splitting the carries. So yeah, we'll get we can get in the stats and stuff, but like we're <laughs> gonna be able to tell who the clear cut number one starter is for this football team. You know right. what I mean? By then, yeah. you know, and we're gonna. We're going to get a good dose of both running backs the first four weeks of the year. Because um, this is still a West Coast style offense. It's not a Pete yeah, they're Carroll. They're going to run the ball a lot. It's not a Pete Carroll 1980 style offense, but it's, mm-hmm. a, it's a West Coast style offense. The Shanahan, you know, enhanced to a modern take kind of offense. Um, so we're going to see some running backs and we're going to see them pounding the ball, all that stuff. So we're going to get a good mindset on who the starter is by just watching by the eye. And then we can play some stats in there too. Okay. Um, but yeah. Um, I like that cold deal. Brew. I like, I like that. I like that deal. Obviously injuries won't uh, affect oh, no, the deal. I think the whole deal. I think you made my case for me with how, with how much we're going to run and, and I know it's something we've talked about on the pod before, but Nathaniel Hackett, when he was the call, when he was calling plays in Jacksonville, they led the league in rushing attempts. And I don't see that being the case here, obviously, in Jacksonville at the time. 
Leonard Fournette was the best player on that team, and they pretty much needed to run the ball as much as they did. But I really think that the fact that we're going to be running the ball so much and they're going to want to establish the run, like you're going to see full drives of just Javante, and then you won't see him for a drive. Like the next drive is going to go Melvin, and that's kind of how I like – that's the way I foresee the season unless, you know, Melvin just is on another level and, okay, yeah, he's hot. We will keep him out there or same thing with Javante. So I think it's going to, I think Javante will end up with more carries on the season. I think Melvin will end up with more receptions, obviously, Mm -hmm. but I think it's going to be more of like to like a 60, 40 type split rather than like a 70, 30, 80, 20. Okay. You taking the bet? Oh yeah, absolutely. I take that bet. What do you What are you thinking, Jimmy? Uh, see, man, that that's a really tough one to call because you know, based on my take, I'm kind of more on Anthony's side here. But okay, I'll buy two I, pumpkin cream cold but, brews. I don't care. But, but you don't even know if Jimmy likes pumpkin cream cold brews. So. But oh, hold does. on, he does. But <laughs> I do think Javante is gonna be that guy and for and force the hand. But yeah, I am on Anthony's side. Yeah, it's, <laughs> so you guys, you guys think it'll happen by the end of the year, but right. don't, get, don't get me wrong. Javante is the future. Like this is Melvin's last year in Denver. Right. It was almost last year was almost his last season. Yeah, this and... is kind of just a too good of a deal to pass up. <laughs> exactly. Well, and Mel- having Melvin here is only going to extend Javante Williams' career. You That's, know, oh, we for know sure, for sure. Running backs don't last forever in this league, and for you sure. know, having a great guy to be able to come in, even if it is you know, 50, 50, 60, 40, 70, 30, whatever it is, it's just going to help out his, his career at the end of the day, you know, and to be able to learn from a guy like him as well, not necessarily, you know, the, the showing up to non-mandatory camp, but, you know, on the field. (laughs) You know what? I I will, I'll make this even spicier. If I lose the bet, I will buy two pumpkin cream cold brews. But if I win the bet, you guys can split the cost of one pumpkin cream gold brew. This is how confident I feel I am about Javante. Oh, I'll, I'll buy you one myself. Yeah, I'll buy. <laughs> you'll, you'll get two of them. You'll get two okay. of them. I mean, I'm I'll, not I'll hand deny, deliver it to you. I'm not going to deny two pumpkin cream cold brews. Don't get me wrong. I mean, Anthony knows how much of a basic bitch I am when it comes to <laughs> oh, that yeah. stuff. Um, uh, but uh, I will, I, I will hand deliver it to you and give you my best Broncos okay. ride. All right, I, I'm looking forward to it. I can't wait. Week five can't come here soon enough because I'm going to have two pumpkin cream cold brews, one in double fists, and I'm getting all fall sexy and stuff. Can't wait. Should um, be in the November edition of the Couch Potato Calendar. Yeah, uh, we love fall around here. We sure do. Um, but yeah, I. I, I mean, I think we're all on the same page that Javante's it, – it, I, I love that he's going to extend his career by Melvin Gordon still being here. Um, I, you're right, Jimmy. You, the life of a running back in the NFL is four to, you know, five to six years at most. And it's just pro- also primarily passing league nowadays, you know, and all that stuff. And um, I – I think we're all on the same page when we say that Javon, this is Javante's team going forward. There's no doubt in that. Um, Melvin Gordon just came back to help. You know, it, Melvin, having Melvin Gordon on your team doesn't make your team worse. You know what I mean? Right. Like he's he still like was one of our best producers last year and the year before that. Um, 
you know, hopefully he takes care of the ball in crucial moments, you know, because uh, Russell Wilson, he has that 40%, what is it, the 40% comeback rate in the second half? Yeah, something it's crazy. the best in the NFL mm-hmm. ever. Is well, it ever? The thing we didn't talk about about Melvin Gordon, too, is the chemistry with him and Russell Wilson. You know, oh, yeah. Went to Wisconsin. Great point. Yeah, you know, like they played at Wisconsin <laughs> together and all that stuff. So he has obviously that chemistry going for him. And, um, but yeah, you know, that's that, that is my biggest uh, qualm with Melvin Gordon is the crucial moment fumbles. You know, it's, yeah. you know, I, I hope he can, you know, live in the moment a little bit better, you know, not cough it up when, cause I, I can't help but think about the Eagles game last year. You know, we were actually, we were fighting back. We were competitive in that game. And as soon as that happened, that game was done. And, yeah, that, and I think about the Kansas City game. That's oh, that too. That was that was oh. the big one. Uh, I think the, that's Javante's ball this year, though. Honestly, I think yeah. that's the big difference. Is in those moments, I think Javante gets that ball. Yeah, it's, and that's uh, what's going to happen. We're going to see it happen. Like the first fumble that Melvin coughs up, it like Denver media is going to go insane. About and, and didn't he only have one more than Javante as well? Yeah, it was like three and four or something like that. Right, right. But you know, it, like, like you guys said, it was in the in those crucial moments that yeah. just drive killers. But the second he that first fumble he has, like, the stadium is going to be going nuts for Javante. Yeah, just Denver media, like, it's going to get insane, and that sucks for Melvin. But that's the price you pay. You want to come back and compete with you know the young bull. And he said he's here to compete. He's not coming to succeed the starting job and give all the carries to him. And I like that because he's going to be out there busting his ass to make plays and prove to everybody that you know he yeah. deserves to keep playing too. I am mm-hmm. I am in no means a uh, Melvin Gordon hater. Like, don't oh, no. take it the wrong no, way. Me neither. No. Thing. I, I defend I him what, a lot. Yeah, I just I love Melvin Gordon and what he's done for this football team. I just I was one of the few. I love Javante Williams, you know, too. So. Yeah, I, I was super excited when we signed Melvin. I remember when it happened, I was talking to guys at work and like everybody was kind of bummed about him. Like, you don't realize how good this dude is. Yeah, oh, I like, defended him so much on TikTok. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And he's proven it. He's, mm-hmm. he's like probably the most underappreciated running back of the past two seasons in the entire NFL. Oh, definitely. Definitely. So. Outside of James Robinson, but you know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I got love for James Robinson too. <laughs> he won me. He won me fantasy one year, so I'll, I'll never forget. Oh yeah, <laughs> never forget. Um, all righty, fellas. Was there anything else that stood out to you from training camp? Anything that you're looking forward to that really just, stood out to you? Yeah, I'm like like we kind of mentioned. I'm just definitely looking forward to seeing them. The kind of stuff they do against you know other competition guys that are not seeing every day, they're not teams, teammates with. And obviously mm-hmm. excited to see uh, – <coughs> excuse me uh, – just see how Saturday shakes out with, you know, how much the starters are going to play, how much rust we're going to see, and just kind of see these battles kind of start to take shape and see who's going to make the team because, I mean, it's kind of crowded, you know, especially yeah. in that, that safety position. There's a few guys that obviously we know. We know there's probably three guys locked. Obviously Simmons and K Jack are locked in, and you know probably. Uh, oh my gosh, why did I Caden lose Stearns. his name? Caden Stearns. My God, I almost said Sternod. No, yeah, Caden Stearns. <laughs> he's probably locked in, but that fourth safety spot, I'm interested in seeing who's gonna take that. 
and who's going to be our starting middle linebackers. Obviously, yeah. Josie's probably going to be one of them. But, you know, I'm just excited to see that. Oh, and, yeah, this is something I want to touch on. We touched on this last pod, Zach, and maybe get uh, Jimmy's take on I don't know if he, uh, you heard about any of this, Jimmy, but on the last pod I had mentioned to Zach that I was listening to Broncos Country tonight and Ben Albright kind of made a, a crazy statement and said that he wouldn't be surprised to see a couple trades happen before the season starts. And Ryan Edwards dug at him enough to where he kind of, where he let it be known that it would not be a shock to him to see a a couple of the offensive linemen traded. Hmm. And the the big one was there's a possibility or there's a world in which Bradley Chubb gets traded before the season starts. Okay. And so I actually saw something online earlier today that I was pretty intrigued by. Bradley Chubb for Roquan Smith? No. Uh, not, no. Not, not for me. Yeah. <laughs> no. Could you guess what radio stations TikTok I saw that on? Yeah, I could guess. <laughs> I think I could. My goodness. <laughs> it would take Bradley Chubb in a first rounder. Right. You know, absolutely. Yeah, um, I, 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 in a. Okay, let me. I'll backpedal for a sec with that. Like, if, like, the big thing, like, when it comes to, I think, the Bradley Chubb, like, the possibility of him being traded, it's because this is his last year on his rookie contract. So he will be wanting a payday next year. And if he comes out and balls out, I mean, you, you're looking, you're staring down a Russell Wilson extension, and that's going to be upwards of 40 plus, $45 million a year. You know, so are they going to have room for, Bradley Chubb in the in the salary cap when you're already paying a pass rusher like Randy Gregory the money he's making. Not many teams pay two premier pass rushers and a quarterback and a top end tackle. You know, it's so I think right. the big thing when it comes to Chubb is get what you can for him while you can because if they do trade him, then they'll receive a compensatory pick next year and get mm-hmm. something and you know on top of whatever. Plus, would, assuming a pick probably. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Probably a third round or something like that because he has been injured and he was a pro bowler a few years ago. But, you know, a lot of people have short memories in the NFL and that was a couple years ago. But um, if if we weren't if like the big deal with the Roquan Smith stuff in Chicago, like is he wants to get paid like it would be too much. Right, but if like we're saying money's no object or whatever the case may be, like I would trade Bradley Chubb for Roquan Smith tonight, this second, one hundred percent. That's all it took for sure. Like, I'm not even you don't even have to have a first rounder. I'd go pack Bradley Chubb's bags because Roquan Smith is an elite, elite middle linebacker. He is hands down the best player on the Chicago Bears, H- hands down in my opinion. Yeah, yeah I, I would do, and he's what twenty four years old, twenty five. Yeah, twenty. Yeah, so he's young. Well, when I said no, I meant like there's no way we could afford the man. Like I'm talking no, about yeah. current situation, but like exactly. you said, I mean, obviously, if this was Madden and we were forced trading, then then hell yeah, right? Yeah, you can't, <laughs> right. and that's the big thing. Like that's why the Roquan Smith kind of rumors I don't think are going to get much legs because. That's the whole thing. Like he he wants to get you don't have to trade for him and then give him an extension. That's the whole reason he's beefing with Chicago is because he wants to get paid, and they're not wanting to pay him for some reason that only God knows why. Mm-hmm. But and yeah, the way I feel about about that whole situation, you know, all those rumors, yeah, you know, 
I have no reason to not trust in George Payton exactly. at all. You know, whatever he feels is right. I have full faith in that man because he hasn't missed yet. That is and one of the mottos of this podcast. Absolutely. Build the man a statue. I'm I'm in for it. I'll go I'll go worship <laughs> that thing. Yeah. Um but you know, it just depends on what he goes after. And I'm sure George Payton, if if he has someone in mind, he'll go get him. I'm not so big on the O line side of it. Um you know, we do I guess we do have Graham Glasgow who's fighting for a position, you know, Quinn's fighting for a position. You know, there there's some battles going on there, but I don't know <laughs> if we could really afford to lose an O lineman unless you know we're packaging him with say some pick to go get a better O lineman. You know, I, I just don't know if we're in, in that in that I'd, space yet to get 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 rid of an O lineman. Yeah, and when I when I'd heard Ben Albright say that on Broncos Country tonight when he mentioned that there was O linemen that and he, I'm trying to think of the way he phrased it, but it was something it wasn't that gonna were be safe. There was two O there, there was there was Garrett Bowles and Quinn Miner, so with the two yeah, safe to, ones. To the two safe O linemen. And the first person that came to my mind and I told Zach this, I think just early, maybe last week, was Dalton Reisner. Like, I've, I 100% see a world that Dalton Reisner gets traded. And actually, before the pod, uh, before we got on here, I was just kind of scrolling and touching up on some stuff. And uh, I was on Bleacher Report. Let me find it real quick. Um, and I'm just scrolling Bleacher Report, and I see a picture of, Bron- of Dalton Reisner and it mentions him as a dark horse trade candidate and that he was named as a dark horse trade candidate by Denver Broncos on sports illustrated or whatever. But I, and I, I had a bad feeling about that. Like from the second I heard Ben talk about a possible alignment be, getting traded, yeah. that it was going to be Dalton Reisner. And I love Dalton Reisner. Like I was through the roof, through the roof when we drafted him, I Same. drove, I drove up to Shields and met him. I took my son to meet him and get his autograph. We have his book that we read to our sons. Like huge Don Reisner guy, Colorado kid, obviously fan favorite. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I don't think I'm reaching when I say that. In a sense, he hasn't. He's kind of has not lived up to right what we, what we thought we were getting. So he I struggled. Could def- yeah, and I could definitely see a world where he gets traded because like Quinn Miners, and I think is the starting right guard, and I don't yeah. think it's even close. Like he's an animal. Well, I- he and is not, the starting right guard. And Graham Glasgow from, over there on left guard, you know? Yeah, exactly. And coming, everything coming out of camp is that, like, it's Quinn Miner's job. Like, right. he's, the, he's the starting right guard. Off the belly back, though, I'm not going to lie. Yeah, yeah, right. And it sounds like Natani Moody's having, like, a really good camp. Uh, yeah. He could, he could play either guard position. So, mm-hmm. and he's, it sounds so, like a, a change to the zone blocking scheme has helped him, like, big time. Yeah. I mean, we've got the depth there, as we as we just said. We've got the guys there that could you know, step into that left guard spot. So it really wouldn't surprise me, but it would break my heart. But yeah, like I said, in Peyton, we trust. Absolutely. Yep. Um, I can't believe we didn't get into this yet. The ownership stuff. The Broncos have a new owner today, guys. Officially. Yeah, officially. officially. Um, <laughs> Rob Walton, the Penner family, Lewis Hamilton, uh, Connellyza Rice, yada, yada, yada. Maybe the Peyton. List. Maybe Peyton haven't heard anything, but uh, the list goes on. You know, we we have a new ownership group in Broncos country. It has been made official today, and I don't know if you've caught any of the the conference, the press conference with them or anything. But you know, high praise for Pat Poland, 
high praise for the Denver Broncos organization. It's funny because uh, the son-in-law, was it George Penner? I think that's his name. Yeah, I think so. He was the son-in-law of Rob Penner. Uh, Ten years ago, uh, George Bain mentioned that he wanted to buy a football team and that the football team that he wanted to purchase was the Denver Broncos. And as soon as that came available, they topped on it right away. Yeah. And they put in their offer and about a big about a here. He, yeah. So it's been let me just say this, Broncos Country. If there is anybody out there that is worried about this ownership group moving the Denver Broncos out of Denver, go watch it, the press conference. Go watch right. it. Th- these people have such a respect and a sense of pride for this organization and Denver and the Rocky mountains and just everything that it lives for. The Penner family lives in Colorado. Rob Walton has a house in Colorado, has land in Colorado out by the airport, you know, a complex surprise, you know, it's (laughs) like, yeah. Surprised by the airport where the new stadium is going to go. Um, How much shit I got for saying that from people here in Colorado. No, tell me how dumb I was. That is not dumb at all. <laughs> that is actually a, a big uh, possibility. Yeah, actually, mm-hmm. yeah, it's not a dumb thing at all. So, um, don't listen to those people, Jimmy. You're better. You're yes. better than that. Thanks, man. <laughs> Thanks, man. Um, Love you, bro. <laughs> Love you too. But, uh, um, but yeah, if anybody's having doubts about this ownership group, worried about them becoming the Arkansas Bronco. Uh, Go watch the press conference. Like this well, team it, isn't going anywhere. This is such the the Broncos market is one of the largest in the NFL. We we, we have a chokehold in the Western United States. You know, like for as far as like attraction and market here, this franchise is too big. It would be stupid to move out of Denver. There's no way they do it. And based off the press conference I watched today, there's no plans of that anytime ever. So exactly. You have everything you want out of an NFL franchise as far as an owner is concerned right here. Yo, sold exactly. out the stadium since 1970. We've all seen it. We've walked around Colorado and every single part of it, I'm sure. Yeah. There's always somebody completely geared up in Broncos gear and it's probably me. Yeah. No matter what time of year. <laughs> yeah, no well, matter I, what. Yeah. I went I rock to my... a Broncos hat every day. <laughs> my son had his uh, back to school night tonight. Um He's starting preschool this year. I'm going to try not to cry. So um, <laughs> he's starting preschool this year. And uh, we had his back to school <laughs> night tonight. We got to learn, meet his teacher and all that stuff. And, you know, it was it was cool. Really, really great school program. But anyways, um, I just got a Justin Simmons jersey today. So, of course, I had to wear it Looking to beautiful. the back to school night. You know, I had to rock the, the old school Broncos hat and the Justin Simmons jersey. So, you know, like. No matter what, where it was, I definitely did not wear a shirt underneath it because it was hot, hot and balls <laughs> yeah. out. So it's just, it's not completely football weather yet, but we're getting there. We're getting there slowly, but surely. Um, but yeah, like you said, Jimmy, like the, the Broncos country runs, running, runs deep. And there was actually a thing I wanted to bring up, but I'm so glad I remembered this. So this is my philosophy about the Broncos. So if you guys sit back and look at the Broncos and the ownership and all that stuff, Russell Wilson, you guys remember when he played in that UK game, uh, Seattle and Jags, two mm-hmm. years ago or something like that? 
Yeah. Do you remember seeing the amount of Russell Wilson jerseys in the stands? I do. Oh, he, he is was, a brand. It is overwhelming. Uh, so you have that. You have a worldwide guy in Russell Wilson who is married to not just a celebrity, a super celebrity who is known around the world. You have, and he's your quarterback. You have the ownership groups. You have Rob Walton, the richest owner in the entire NFL. And Walmart, who doesn't know what Walmart is? You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, then you have the Penner family, one of the largest financial firms in America. Then you have, uh, I think it's financial firms. I could be wrong on that. But uh, then you have Condoleezza Rice, one of the most popular political figures. And I don't care what political f- affiliations people have that are listening to this podcast, but you can't deny that Condoleezza Rice was one of the most popular political figures in the White House as of recent. You know? Yeah. Um, Lewis Hamilton, the GOAT of F1 racing. The GOAT. Russell Wilson's friend as well. Yeah. Um, international face that he's like a Ronaldo, Cristiano Ronaldo. Yeah. He's known by everyone. He's going to be racing around the world and repping the Broncos. Put a Broncos logo so, on that cup. Let's go. So Yeah, let's do it. The Broncos are easily becoming a worldwide organization. You sit back and think about that for a second. <clears throat> the Broncos are going to be a worldwide team that not only people in America know about, but people in England. You know, I guarantee when we go to England, we play the Jags, you're going to see a lot of orange there. Guarantee yeah. it. Mark my oh, words, you're going to see a lot about of orange. The Russell, Russell Wilson, Wilson. commercial. Think about the Russell Wilson commercials that are going to come out of F1 with the Broncos country. Let's ride. I know, right? <laughs> and then, yeah, you're going to see the F1 races with Lewis Hamilton out there. You know, he's going to be driving out there with the Broncos flag or something. He's going to be Rep- repping the team that he owns. Rapid orange yeah. and blue. Put a Broncos yeah. D on the, on the, right on the hood. Let's go. You know, he, he's a partial owner. He, why wouldn't he rep the team that he owns? You know, and you obviously have Sierra and Russell Wilson, you know. I can't believe Sierra is at our training camp. You know like, what I mean? Literally like, every day almost. Yeah, well, exactly. And That's being true. just like one of one of every other of the players' moms, you know, not, nothing special out there, you know, just yeah. just being there. Yeah, goes and talks to fans. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hang, walks around the field, hangs out, yeah. That's just insane to me. It's like insane to me that you, me, or Jimmy, or whoever can go to training camp and not only meet Russell Wilson, but meet Sierra. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like it shows week. how relatable they are that they can be yeah. beat to the fans. You know, it's it just really helps I, I think with the other teammates as well, just showing like they are human beings. You know, oh, they're exactly, not yeah. the, you know, uh, over the top they're definitely down to like they actually are. It's just know? weird because normally you'd see someone like Sierra and you're you can't really see her because there's rows of security in front of her. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But like she's coming up to fans with nothing but a rope between mm-hmm. her and the fans. And it's just, it's just really cool, you know, and you know, chasing know. the kids that was on a, the field. It's cool to see. It's really it's cool. Just a weird, it was a weird daydream they had the other day. I'm just like the Broncos, like the Cowboys, you could have America's team because the Broncos, they're the earth's team. They're the world's team. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. So hey, like, like Vance Joseph said, we're back, baby. We're back. <laughs> <laughs> Practice was great today, boys. Practice was great. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. It's just a random thought I had. Like, what do you guys think about that? I was kind of concerned, like, when the potential owners list started coming out and I saw that Rob Walton was 
on the list that they were going to submit an offer. Like I obviously knew right then and there, like if, if he wants it and his group wants it, it's theirs. Nobody's going to help it. Yeah. And I was a little concerned because like you see, I mean, he's obviously one of the richest men in the world and a financial model. And you see a lot of owners in sports that it's almost like they have enough money. So why the hell not buy a sports team? I, I, I think of like, Con from Jacksonville, like, and he just hasn't been able to figure it out as an owner. And there's always the rumors of them moving overseas and whatnot. But that was like my biggest concern was like, is this guy viewing this as an investment? Like, oh, you know, I'll just add to my wealth. I'll buy this this really popular NFL franchise and make more money off of it and not care too much about it. Because we came from the Pat Bolin era, who was one of the most hands on and you know one of the greatest owners and not just the NFL but in all of sports throughout you know his tenure as the Denver Broncos owner so you come from somebody like oh, go ahead Jimmy I was just I was just saying the high standards he set too right you go exactly. Pat exactly you go eight and eight you're fired yeah exactly so you go from that to now just a, poten- a just a potential billionaire who maybe sees this as as I said like a financial investment but everything that's come out after it was announced that they were going to own the team. Like I've just been super happy and I'm just so much more at ease now with all the things that they're saying. And I mean, they're, they're here to win. Like they want to put a product out there on the field and they want to be known around the world. You know, they want it to be known that, you know, they own the Broncos and that they are going to, you know, stop it. No cost to, get a great stadium and we're probably going to get new jerseys, you know, within the next couple of years. And he's one of those guys that you always hear the stories of Pat Bowlin, you know, kind of pulling money out of his own pocket to help out the team. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like that's going to be the same way. And you don't just have Walton. You have, like you said, Zach, you have like really prominent figures. Connelly's a rice. Group. That still baffles me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the, uh, the thing the thing with it too is, you know, what we've seen lately in the NFL, all all these teams that have been able to go out and spend all this money and get all these big time free agents, is they're doing it with cash upfront signing bonuses. And, you know, that's how they're keeping a lot of the money off the books. You know, and based on everything I've heard coming out of this ownership group, is they're going to be willing to spend the money to go win. Exactly. You know, because you know. Mm-hmm. Takes money to make money, and I and all those people completely understand that they wouldn't be in the positions they are without it. The cherry on top. It's been it's been a beautiful, beautiful chocolate Sunday. I've loved it. But the cherry on top with the whipped cream would be getting Peyton Manning involved with this team. Yes, and uh, I I know Joe Ellis just stepped down today, so I don't know who's going to take over the CEO role because the Penner family is going to do the day to day operations of owning the team. Whereas Rob Walton's the primary owner, it's just penners are going to be in charge of the day-to-day, like owning it day-to-day kind of thing. Right. So I don't know what that means for the CEO kind of position. I don't know if the penners are going to retain that role or what, but um, how would you guys feel Bring about a Peyton Manning becoming a CEO of the Denver Broncos, you know? <laughs> Bring him in. As you, I'm as all you, for it. Yeah, as you said, that's cherry on top, like – We've we you and I Zach talked about it a lot. Like, what would it be like if Peyton became the owner somehow, some way? He would be on the field every day <clears> talking <throat> with George Peyton and Nathaniel Hackett, right? So, <laughs> I, I think it's almost like 
to me, it's turning into like a just when does it happen? Like when and what role is he going to play? Because yeah. he lives in Denver. He's at the at the you know at the facilities all the time. He's in touch with the players. He talks to players. He talks to Russ. I'm sure he talks to Peyton and John Elway still. And you know that he's been you know been in touch with the Waltons and the Penners. And I mean, I just that's how that's where I'm at right now. Like not if, but when and what role. Yeah. Well, and, and it can't it, it can't go wrong either. I mean, Peyton Manning doesn't miss no matter what he's done throughout his entire life. I mean, the guy's just he's gold, you know. And and it it could only help the team. And and like you guys said, it's 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 a matter of if, or I mean, it's a matter of when, not if. Yeah. At this point, exactly. And uh, Peyton Manning has expressed interest in in uh, becoming involved with the football team, bigger than a head coach, bigger than a GM kind of role, for a long time now. Yeah, it's always no, been something I, he's wanted to do. So, um, this is an I, opportunity. So I agree with Anthony. It's more of like a when, not if. And I think it's going to be like not necessarily Peyton Manning is you know just coming in as the owner. I think it's going to be like the Manning family, you know, because all of them together can definitely pitch into you know be part of an ownership group, and then you'll see Manning be a day to day you know, kind of at the facility type of guy. That's the way I kind of view it, it playing out because, you know, just the the financial part of it. That'd be crazy if uh, Tom Brady's daddy, Eli, was owning part of the team. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I just – It'd be fun, man. It's, a, it's official today. I just wanted to touch on that. I, I can't believe I didn't think about that. That's probably the biggest news of the day. Um Anthony, after all these podcasts, after all the ownership talk we've had, we finally have one. It's finally here. Yes. It's officially It's been official. a year and a half. A year and a half of talking about it and wondering what's going to happen and debating whether or not Brittany's going to take over the team and all this stuff. And ugh, I'm just glad it's over with. I'm glad. What a mess that was. I, I know. I'm glad the Broncos are just in such a better place than they were last year at this time. Yeah, the conversations we were having a year ago today oh, it makes were not me sick. were not the funnest of conversations. But we had the we had the false hope. We really yeah. did, and it was it makes me sick to think about. <laughs> yeah, because I yep. feel, I finally feel like we're, you know, out of the thick of it at least. You know, like we still have some woods to go through. Like we're gonna have to see how this team meshes well, and like we're gonna have to go through some stuff. But we're close. We're close. We're so yeah. damn close. Yeah, definitely. So. Alrighty, so I think I'm going to wrap it up here because I know people have to work tomorrow. So is there anything else you guys wanted to touch up on before we call it a night? I think we touched on just about everything. So I have one quick thing. And it's just one quick answer. Don't even think about it. Um, Who would win in a fight? A silverback gorilla or a grizzly bear? Gorilla. See, it's not a simple answer for me because I, I saw. You I said, saw "Don't it. think about it." Don't you just think answer. about it. I, I have to. I ha- I've been okay. thinking about it a lot because I've, I've seen it on Facebook. I've seen it on Instagram, and my initial gut reaction, like the first time I saw it, was was gorilla. But I think I'm gonna have to backtrack and take the grizzly. Why I think is the, that? I think the size difference is too much. Okay, okay. let me throw out this for you: intelligence and dexterity. That's that. That's what I initially thought of when I thought when I took gorilla. Because then you just think like 
this dude could literally this a gorilla could ri- literally like rip somebody's arms off yeah exactly and they're just like so fast and still powerful yeah it's tough but i, I think I, I think i'm gonna have to change up my sides and i'll, I'll take the grizzly but why the grizzly? Just because it has swords on his hand? If that thing gets a hold of the gorilla, like that gorilla better be playing some Floyd Mayweather defense. Because if that if the bear gets a hold of him and sinks some teeth in and gets those claws in, and it might be over. Let me think. Look at the think of the the the, the size in like the teeth, the tooth size on a gorilla versus a a grizzly, and then just like I think the gorilla the grizzly just has more weapons. Are we just talking on one here? Because if we're just going to break this down into like real life scenario, isn't don't grizzlies more travel in packs as bears more lone ish? Yeah. Oh, you I, mean gorillas? Gorillas. Like, yeah. Yeah. I see what you're saying. What is the bite so, force? So the, <laughs> the bite force of a gorilla is more than a grizzly bear. Is it? The Good bite luck. the bite force of a gorilla is thirteen hundred psi. The grizzly bear is 1160 psi. That's that's not enough of a difference to make me change my mind. But the gorilla is smarter. Like who's more intelligent? Way smarter. Like the gorilla, like would just outsmart the bear because the bear is just going to be barreling towards the gorilla. That's all it's thinking of is just kill, 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 kill. And the gorilla is like, okay, well I'm that, going to. Like I said, that gorilla better play some defense. And the, you don't think that the that's the thing. The gorilla is not gonna. <clears throat> Sit there and bob and weave. They're gonna clash. They're gonna, fuck, they're gonna run at each other. This I got gonna, this picture in my head going right now. Right, this gorilla ain't gonna be tucking and rolling and trying to parry shots. He's gonna. They're gonna. They're gonna clinch up, and that grizzly bear has a bigger mouth. He's gonna grab a hold of him, stick those claws in him. I just talked myself into like very heavily favoring the grizzly. Oh my goodness, Anthony, you're killing me. We're <laughs> in a squared ring. Yeah, gloves um, on. Let's set it up. <laughs> I know we need to get a grizzly bear and a silverback gorilla in the same room together and finally settle this debate for everyone on social media. There has got to be some sort of like a science show or some crazy YouTube ch- channel that has broken this down. We need uh, MythBusters on this. There's been there's been some things that have broken it down, but you never really truly know until they fight each other. We do you guys remember that show? Back in the day, the uh, deadliest warrior. Yeah, it's just like that with animals. Exactly. Though. Yeah, they need to bring that back and simulate it a thousand times, like they did on that show, and just figure it out. Or just put a gorilla and a bear in a room. <laughs> that too. Yeah, you're like in the same kind of level playing field as they, you know, because you're not going to find grizzly bears in the same spot as silverback so, gorillas. You know, so you're they don't saying kind of together. So you're saying kind of like the movie Semi Pro, you know, halftime, you get a cage, yeah. throw it. <laughs> Look at it this way: Walton can afford it, so for for halftime of our Super Bowl show, yeah, we'll do the it. Broncos in the, are going to host yeah. at the new stadium. Yeah, they're, thro- they're throwing. He's going to be able to fly in a grizzly from Alaska and a goddamn gorilla and just get it on in the ring. Hey, I'm all for it. We're going to have the stadium for it. Yep. So. Why not have it just be this Thunderdome for animal fights? <laughs> <laughs> Mike Vick's like, what? As long as you can, as long as you can sports bet on it, I'm in. Mike Mike Vick's on it. He's making his own sports book right now. <laughs> yes. Mike Vick's sports bets. 
<laughs> Goodness gracious. Um, oh man, well I disagree with you, Anthony. I think the I just think the I just think the silverback it has it has intelligence on its side and it has the dexterity and I agree it's not going to be like parrying and bobbing and weaving like it's going to be Have you seen a But a, I feel a, like a gorilla a silverback like, fight though. They do the exact same things as the grizzly. They just run at each other and just beat the shit yeah, out of each other. Yeah, but I don't know because they're running at each other and they understand that's another gorilla on the other side of them. I don't know what a gri- I don't a know what a gorilla's going to look at a grizzly and say screw that, I'm out. It's going to climb you the tree. So? We're going to see an elbow drop from the top top rope of the tree. Yeah, we got to get off this podcast. I'm about to start watching some gorilla fights and grizzly <laughs> fight videos and really get to the bottom of this. We're going to have a full analysis. <laughs> yeah, I'm staying this up is, to like one to, hey, tonight like, to, to study this. As far as I'm concerned, screw the Broncos. This is really what we're going <laughs> to need to figure out right now. This is now the couch potato grizzly this is now the Couch Potato Animal Fight Analysis podcast. We could just start a whole another, uh, <laughs> you know, podcast and just talk about who would win in fights. Um, now that we settled that, we all agreed the Silverback would win. I think we're gonna we're gonna close out the pod. So, uh, uh, but seriously, guys, is there anything else you wanted to touch up on about the Broncos before we head nah. out? I don't, I don't think so. Not for oh, me. Yeah. Yeah. All right. <laughs> well, thank you both so back. much for uh, taking the time out of your nights. I know everyone works and stuff like that, but just know I greatly appreciate the time that you guys give towards this podcast. And Jimmy, thank you for coming on again. We love having you on. We know. Anytime, and, man. You know, I, appreciate I, know how, I know how big of a Broncos fan you are. And Anthony is a huge Broncos fan as well. You know. Oh, I do a, have one more thing. Go for it. Jimmy, I was I was I saw you on Instagram, and I was watching one of your reels. Do you work for the city of Dakota? I do. I, okay, as I saw the city of Dakota shirt, I live in Dakota. You do? I live I'm, I live in Dakota as well. I live in the Autumn Valley neighborhood. I live right behind like Eshes. Okay, I saw that. And I was like, no way. He might work for the city of Dakota. Right on. Yeah, that's yep. awesome. That's cool. <laughs> But um, seriously, Catch appreciate you in guys. A street grade, in a road grader anytime. <laughs> All right. All right. Um, and for all those that are listening, greatly appreciate you listening to the Catch Potato Sports Denver Broncos podcast. Don't forget to check out the other sports teams. You know, we have the Avalanche. We have the Nuggets. And, yes, we even have the Rockies. Wah, wah. But, anyways, um, thank you guys so much for listening. Jimmy and Anthony. Thank you again, and always, go Broncos. Broncos country. Let's ride. Let's ride. ride. <laughs> See you guys. Later. See ya.